Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. White, couple of jab steps, comes up shooting top three, bam! Put him in the Hall of Fame! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. What more, what more y'all want me to prove, man? Levine with the runway, lays Host Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Joining me now, Matt Peck. Locked on Bulls podcast. Producing podcasts left and right, even in the offseason. On Twitter, at Locked on Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. I don't have a Twitter. I don't do anything like that. And I love what you guys do with the show. I listen to every episode. You guys are one of the best podcasts, period. Y'all keep Doing what you do best. I love you guys. So kick back, relax, and get ready for the best hour of your day. It's 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 raw. You can just see the vibe. Locked on Bulls starts now. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Okay, cool. I was hoping it wasn't one of those knucklehead programs. What's up and welcome into Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Matt Peck, also host of Bulls Outcasts on the Hot Mic Gap. You can follow me on Twitter at Bulls underscore Peck. You can follow my co-host Jordan Malley at Jordan C. Malley, and you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Bulls. Shoot us an email, LockedOnBulls at gmail.com. And of course, that text to voicemail line is always there for you. Our fellow Bulls fans, 331-979-1369. Again, that number, 331-979-1369. Send us your texts and your voicemails anytime, day or night, 24-7 with any of your Bulls thoughts for our weekly mailbag episodes. Today's episode of Locked on Bulls is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON to get 20% off your next order. Well, happy Monday, Bulls Nation. Uh, Another cold and blistering snowy day here in Chicago. Hope all of you are safe, had a safe weekend, had a nice Valentine's Day weekend. Maybe you listened to that new Denzel Valentine album that dropped over the weekend. We'll talk about that when Jordan gets back. I listened to it earlier today. I've got some thoughts, but I'll save it for when Jordan is back. Uh, lots to get to on today's show. I want to go over the Bulls' only game of the weekend, a loss to the L.A. Clippers, which was uh, unfortunately not a very close one in the second half after the Bulls hung with the Clippers through the first two frames. Then we have some injury news and potentially some good updates on the injury front when it comes to Bulls starting center Wendell Carter Jr. Um, As of earlier today, the Bulls listed him as questionable for tonight's game against the Pacers. So we'll give you an update on that and how his return might impact this Bulls team that is struggling with some uh, depleted roster situations going on. And we'll take a quick look at the Bulls' previous game against those very same Indianapolis Pacers, their second game of the season, a blowout loss back on December 26th, and take a look at what the Pacers have been up to recently ahead of tonight's matchup with their Central Division foes. So, um, just the one Friday night game for the Bulls this past weekend, a 125-106 loss to the LA Clippers who were without Paul George but had Kawhi Leonard in pretty true Kawhi Leonard form uh, another challenge for the Bulls rookie Patrick Williams who had already seen Kawhi once this season in a, in a tightly contested loss the Bulls had against the Clippers back in early January it was tough um, Kawhi certainly put his um, 
put his uh, imprint on this game, particularly in the third quarter when he really had things going and stretched the Clippers' lead out after they only were up by four at halftime. Uh, he was remarkably efficient in his mid-range game. I believe he went 13 of 15 in the mid-range, uh, and, and even when P-Dub was doing his best to check him and contest his shots, Kawhi was just in the zone. And then it was Lou Williams and uh, Morris who took over for the Clippers in the fourth quarter to keep that lead nice and padded, and the Bulls never really contested the Clippers uh, towards the final minutes in this one. Kawhi's 33 was three points shy of his season high. Um Again, a remarkably efficient night for um, Kawhi. And uh, it was, you know, for a while I thought the Bulls might be able to hang with them again. But when you went back and looked at what the Bulls were able to do to keep pace with the Clippers in their previous matchup this season, you noticed that the Bulls had one of their better shooting nights. Sometimes this season the Bulls have been very hot, uh, like they were in their win last Wednesday against the Pelicans. Uh, you know, uh, setting a franchise record for made threes. Zach Levine and Kobe White setting an NBA record for for teammates hitting eight or more threes in the same game. They had a similar, not quite as dominant, but a similar strong shooting night against the Clippers the first time around. And when the Bulls aren't shooting that efficiently, they can get into trouble, especially against quality opponents like the Clippers. The Bulls only managed to shoot 47% from the field and 37% from downtown in their loss on Friday night and allowed the Clippers to shoot 58% from the field. Um, but really, and, and even though turnovers have been a problem for this young Bulls team a lot this season, uh, and Donovan has continued to stress that, and they have done a better job as of late keeping that turnover number to uh, a more reasonable number, they got off to a bad start. Um, on Friday and even though it didn't necessarily dig them a big hole like we have seen at times it was just an example of a very efficient team like the Clippers taking advantage of every single Bulls turnover because when you saw at the end of the game the Bulls only actually finished with 13 total turnovers which seemed like it would be a much higher number after the Bulls first you know six minutes uh Daniel Gafford uh, who we'll get to more along that Wendell conversation had a rough night and contributed four turnovers himself in his first four minutes as the Bulls, uh, you know, spot starter. The Bulls managed to keep those turnover numbers down as the game progressed, but it didn't necessarily matter because the Clippers turned those 13 Bulls turnovers into 24 points. I mean, just talk about making your opponent pay. And the other thing that I thought was interesting after this game with Billy Donovan's comments, uh, he was talking about the team's pace of play. And the Bulls have been one of the faster pace of play teams in the NBA so far this season. Uh, And sometimes it's to their benefit because they are young and they are athletic and they can get out and run. Um, And when they are knocking down their shots, combined with that pace of play, they can be a pretty potent offense. But on nights when they aren't hitting those shots successfully or not moving the ball as well, it can get them into trouble on the defensive end. And that's exactly what we saw against the Clippers. And, and Donovan was talking after the game about he 
he felt like the Bulls had too many possessions where it was, you know, one one shot and then a, or one pass and then a shot or no passes and then a shot. Just, you know, too a, a little bit too quick um, as far as their, their offensive pace. And when they aren't knocking down those shots, then it is putting more pressure on them to get back defensively to play decent transition defense. Um, and, and, you know, after such a quick possession, it just feels like you're playing defense the whole game. Um, and that's sort of how things went for the Bulls on Friday. Um, you know, the, the Clippers are one of the best teams in the league. Um, even even without Paul George, as they were on Friday, it's just a, another reminder of the gap that exists between this Bulls roster and some of the more talented rosters across the league. You know, it was a pretty standard night for Zach Levine. Um, you know, he had 26 points on 11 of 21, 4 of 7 from downtown, added 9 rebounds and 6 assists. It's a pretty decent night for Zach. Pretty standard night for Zach. Um, but the, but he just didn't get enough help, really, um, which is pretty common theme this season. After his 30-point uh, burst, uh, after a lot of subpar performances, second-year point guard Kobe White, had kind of a mediocre night, 7-14 from the field, 3-8 of eight from downtown for 17 points, adding four assists in 34 minutes. But, you know, a, a bit of a, a, a snap back to reality after his lights-out shooting night against New Orleans last Wednesday. And then, you know, you look at the fact that two of the Bulls' five starters, Patrick Williams and Daniel Gafford, combined for five points. Gafford only played eight minutes in this game, whereas Patrick Williams played 35. But again, as I said a few moments ago, Patrick Williams' focus in this game was largely on the defensive end and trying everything he could to slow down Kawhi Leonard to no avail. Donovan also talked about that after the game, saying, you know, the next one of the next steps in, 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 in Patrick's growth will be figuring out how to balance, you know, putting an emphasis on his defensive effort on a nightly basis, but also not letting that necessarily shrink or minimize what he's trying to get done on the offensive end. Uh, Patrick Williams is one of five from the field uh, for his three points on the night. Uh, speaking of Gafford um, and, and his struggles, we will talk about Wendell Carter Jr. in just a minute. First, though, wanted to tell our listeners that today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, if that's your thing. You can bet on the outcome of reality TV shows. Uh, Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% off welcome bonuses on your first deposit. So if you sign up with a $100 deposit, they'll give you an extra $50 free to play with. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Once again, that's promo code locked on at sign up at betonline.ag. So the good news that the Bulls got over the weekend is that Starting center Wendell Carter Jr., who has been on the shelf for the last two weeks and change with a deep thigh bruise, uh, came compliments of one Denzel Valentine during a Bulls practice a few weeks ago, participated fully 
and the teams practice on Sunday before they flew off to Indiana to get ready for that game against the Pacers tonight. When we first heard uh, the team's results of the MRI that Wendell got, it was expected reevaluated in four weeks, which was obviously a huge blow to the team in that Wendell, you know, despite his early season struggles and the fact that the whole letting Wendell try to space the floor at times experiment did not go well, you know, he really didn't bring his offensive game out behind the three-point line in, in any sense of efficiency. He was still I- I improving his play on the offensive end in, in, in some modest regard and and most notably just be, being more uh, utilized and more efficiently utilized as a passer from the high post um, and, and, you know, really bumping his assist numbers up to something that was, you know, only, I think, two and a half assists per game. But even, uh, you know, despite the the fact that, you know, statistically it wasn't eye popping, it didn't jump off the box score on any given night. It was noticeable in the nights when the Bulls were really moving the ball efficiently and that Wendell was a big part of the Bulls keeping that ball moving uh, and, and finding open looks and finding shooters and Wendell, you know, hitting guys in the corner um, for some efficient looks. Not only that, but of course, also knowing what he brings the team on the defensive end um, and, and knowing that the Bulls were a team that was you know, on the whole, struggling a lot against the better offenses in the league so far this season. So it was a pleasant surprise to see on Wednesday that Wendell was a full participant in practice. He took contact, participated in even the five-on-five -five scrimmage part of practice. So Donovan said he thought it was a step in the right direction that, that Wendell was able to complete every part of practice, and he said he has certainly made some progress. So we even, as I said, heard earlier today, he's listed as questionable to play tonight. And when you go back and think that we were expecting reevaluation in four weeks and that, you know, four weeks would be at the very earliest when we would think, OK, Wendell might be coming back soon and we aren't even at that four week mark yet. This is certainly something that is good news. Obviously, this Bulls team has struggled with Gafford in the starting lineup. Uh, you know, there were those among Bulls Nation who were all on the start Gafford train earlier this season when he was having impactful minutes off the bench, doing the things that we've always seen Gafford do since his rookie year last year, blocking shots, you know, setting screens and rolling to the rim, crashing the offensive glass, uh, you know, rolling in for lobs, uh, the, the stuff that that is, you know, eye test wise saying, hey, this guy's putting, you know, putting his uh, stamp on this game. And Wendell simultaneously was really struggling, especially on the offensive end, to start the season. Well, I think after this extended absence of Wendell Carter Jr., those in the start Gafford contingent are ready to face the music. Um, you know, I, my buddy Big Dave uh, was one of the people who was loudly saying, hey, we haven't seen it yet. And if this season is mostly about evaluation and, and trying everything to see what works and what doesn't, what fits and what doesn't, then what's the harm in, in just starting Gafford a couple of times? Hopefully, you know, starting Gafford alongside Lowry in the front court to see how that works compared to what Wendell and Lowry have looked like uh, in, in their time together. And I think, you know, Big Dave's a smart dude. And is one of those who realized after a while, okay, I've, I've seen enough of this. 
I'm glad we got to see it, but I think we're all realizing that Gafford, while a valuable piece on a bench, a guy who can bring you energy and, you know, a couple of dunks and a couple of blocks in, in some limited bench minutes is not where he needs to be to be a starter in this league. As I said, he played just eight minutes on Friday night. And his first quarter stint was one of the worst stretches of basketball I've seen from an individual in the NBA in a long time. And I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm not trying to be overly mean or cruel to to Gafford. Uh, I like Gafford. And I think for, for what he is, he's a useful piece. And he was a quality piece to find in the second round. But, I mean, he had... He had four turnovers and two fouls in like, I think not even four full minutes before he was subbed out for Thad Young. And it was, you know, falling down failing to, to catch passes. So, and, and that's something that we've been, you know, on Wendell about is, is his inability to, you know, cleanly catch passes when he's trying to, to get his offense going in the interior. And, and I mean, Gafford, he just looked like a, a mess, an absolute mess. And, you know, maybe he is feeling a little overwhelmed by what is being asked of him in the starting role in Wendell's absence. And, and that's fair. Uh, you know, he is he is who he is but I think that there is a very a very noticeable ceiling to what he can provide this team right now um and and like you know he he has significantly less versatility than Wendell does on the defensive end and I mean your, your starting center gave you eight minutes it, it's it's sort of like um, people have pointed out he's he's getting the old you know Keith Bogans treatment the way that Tibbs used to you know quote unquote start Keith Bogans in that ten eleven bull season uh, alongside D Rose in the backcourt but basically would only play him ten to twelve minutes a night and Gafford did start the second half uh, on Friday night against the Clippers but again eight total minutes Dad Young played twenty five. Sato played 30 off the bench. Denzel Valentine, 23 off the bench. Even Luke Cornett had 15 minutes off the bench as opposed to Gafford's eight. So when you talk about what a possible early return of Wendell Carter Jr. might do for this team, I don't think it's possible to overstate uh, how, how welcome of a return that will be. Even for those among Bulls fans who are on the whole, underwhelmed what Wendell has shown us through his first three years, uh, even though knowing you know part of the context is Wendell's third straight year with a significant injury, missing significant time due to injury, and, and wondering what the hell exactly the plan is for him and for Lowry and whether or not they are, in fact, this team's front court of the future. And it's looking more and more recently that the most likely answer to that question is no. At least one, if not both of these guys, are not in the team's long-term plans with the new front office. And if Wendell can't stay on the floor, he can't prove himself. So hopefully he comes back soon. Whether or not that's tonight against the Pacers or later on this week, the Bulls have a Monday, Wednesday, and then Friday, Saturday back-to-back schedule in this upcoming week. Hopefully we see Wendell back on the court at some point in one of those games. And 
we have a stretch of, you know, a few weeks here before we get to the end of the first half of the regular season schedule and that all-star break. The Bulls' last game on the schedule right now is March 3rd, which is a Wednesday. And in in the space of ne- between now and that final scheduled game on March 3rd, the Bulls have, as I said, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday this week. So there's four games. They've got uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday the following week. Uh, and then they've got a Sunday, Monday back-to-back. And then that Monday is the first. And then that uh, following Wednesday the third. So they've got, let's see, four, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten games between today and the end of the first half of the regular season. If Wendell can come back at some point in that stretch and put together five, six games where he not only looks healthy and healthy enough to play significant minutes, but continues to pick up where he left off on you know expanding the you know the offensive threat and versatility that he was starting to show a little bit before this thigh injury that's good news i mean this new front office and donovan and his staff they need to make these evaluations and they need to make them fairly quickly if they want to be active at the trade deadline you know of course most of the talk is around zach levine because lots of teams around the league are taking notice but I feel, and I believe Jordan uh, feels the same, that the way that he is producing right now and the fact that he has another very team-friendly year left on his current contract makes it very unlikely that AK and Eversley would be rushing to trade him before that March trade deadline. But they might feel like they've had enough time to evaluate to move other pieces. Is Wendell Carter Jr. one of those pieces? We'll, we'll see, but... It certainly would be good for everyone if Wendell could get back out on the floor. Take the pressure off of Gafford. Try to get this bull starting unit back to a level of competition where they're not getting just trounced by the opponent's starters every night and then forcing the the veteran bench to come in and, and rescue them and you know help dig them out from whatever deficit they've dug for themselves. You know, we... We know that Wendell has been underwhelming in a lot of ways, but you notice his absence when he's not there. Um, and boy, has that been even more noticeable with some of these recent struggle starts from from Daniel Gafford. So hopefully we get another positive update uh, soon on Wendell. You know, I'm sure we'll get something later on this afternoon and, and a final decision on whether or not he's active and available in Indy tonight. I, I would be surprised. You know, it, it's one thing to say, oh, he's a little ahead of, ahead of schedule uh, compared to the initial four-week evaluation timetable, but I, I would be surprised if he were ready to go and active tonight after one practice where he was a full participant. I'm guessing that maybe they want to get him one or two more practices before throwing him back in there. But still, you know, in another season where injuries have been a thing, whether it's Wendell or Lowry Markkinen, who's now on the shelf, Otto Porter Jr. has now been out for what feels like forever with his back issue. It's always something. It's always freaking something with this team. And, and you know, when we were all optimistic that we could, under a new coach, uh, and with, uh, you know, greater contributions from some of these vets, take a step forward in uh, this team's level of you know competitiveness this season 
we knew that that injuries were you know still always a lingering issue uh and, and they've reared their ugly head once again so hopefully we can get Wendell back sooner rather than later and see where he is and see uh if he can continue to build on what he was doing earlier this season okay uh before we get to a look ahead at our game against the Pacers tonight um wanted to tell all of you about our great friends at Built Bar today's episode of Lockdown Bulls brought to you by Built Bar the new and improved Built Bar even deliciouser than ever try six of those new flavors like caramel brownie cookies and cream lemon almond cheesecake and man that coconut brownie chunk that I was telling you guys about last week delicious 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 that's a limited time flavor so go get yourself a box of that flavor right now uh, before they are gone plus you got some of the og flavors like raspberry german chocolate banana bread mint brownie that's another one of my personal favorites and toffee almond built bars are covered in 100 chocolate they're soft and they're easy to chew Built Bar is great for the health-conscious sports fans out there. Lose or maintain your weight while indulging in these delicious treats. Built Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high in fiber. Take, for example, the Peanut Butter Built Bar, which comes jam-packed with 19 whole grams of protein, only 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and just 5 grams of net carbs. And right now, our Locked On Pulse listeners, if they go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, we'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code Locked On for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Okay, Bulls have a rematch against the Pacers tonight. Division game, first division game in a while, uh, and uh, the first uh, opportunity for the Bulls to uh, get revenge on a blowout loss against this division opponent. It feels like a lifetime ago that the Bulls and Pacers played their first matchup of the season. It was all the way back on December 26th, just the Bulls' second game of the season. And it was their second blowout loss after that season opening loss to Atlanta. The Bulls, in the initial stages of this season, clearly had some rocky transition periods. They were a non-bubble team that had gone nine months without playing, and the truncated training camp and truncated preseason uh and of course a new head coach a new coaching staff and a lot of new systems in place and uh it would be putting it kindly to say that the bulls struggled out of the gate this season they trailed at by 40 points at one point to that uh hawks team in their season opener in this loss to the pacers on december 26th they trailed by 30 ended up losing 125 to 106 and man uh the the Pacers just absolutely manhandled the Bulls in the paint in this game um more than doubled them up 76 to 34 was the edge for the Pacers in points in the paint on this one the Bulls have certainly had those struggles with bigger and more you know physically dominant teams this season that trend has continued since this game all the way back in December and Looky here, another game where the Bulls had too many turnovers, 20 turnovers on the night that led to 25 points for the Pacers. And one uh, once again, another trend, uh, one that Jordan and I have talked about uh, almost ad nauseum on this podcast for the Bulls when it comes to how they 
take away opportunities for victories this season and, and and those bad habits in addition to the turnovers and the turnovers in part lead to this other trend but giving up big runs to their opponent a big run whether it comes in the first second third or fourth quarter usually it's in you know one of the you know first or second sometimes the third where they dig themselves a hole to try and even come back and be competitive in a game they have done a better job recently of eliminating those you know game ruining runs and digging those holes their starters are still usually getting beat by their opponents but the bench comes in and does a good job of getting them back in the game and then donovan's rotations of blending the starting unit with the veteran bench players have them competitive more nights than not but back on this december 26th night against the pacers the bulls not only were guilty of giving up one of these game crushing runs but they gave up two of them the bulls had a six point lead halfway through the second quarter they then allowed the pacers to go on a 21 to nothing run and saw that six point lead turn into a 15 point deficit 15 point deficit from a six point lead in the span of i believe just under five minutes of game time so that had the bulls playing from behind coming into the third quarter the pacers then started the third quarter on a 18 to nothing run which took their 10 point lead and increased it to a 28 point lead game over game over so between those two runs the bulls gave the pacers 39 unanswered points in a second quarter run and a third quarter run The Bulls were 0 of 13 with nine turnovers in those two collective stretches that equaled about nine or 10 minutes of game time. You can't win a game when you surrender 39 unanswered points. Or if you if you can, it, it, it's damn near impossible. So things are a little bit different. Fast forwarding to the present, getting ready for tonight's game. The Pacers were a part of that gigantic trade that sent James Harden to Brooklyn. Their young star, Victor Oladipo, who was in the lineup for the Pacers in that Bulls matchup back in December, who had 22 points and seven rebounds in 25 minutes, is now a Houston Rocket. And the piece that the Pacers were able to get in this trade, I thought was a pretty nice, uh, a pretty nice return for them in not only landing Karis Levert, but also a second round pick in that trade. The crazy thing that happened there, as some of you may recall, and the reason that we haven't seen what Karis Levert as an Indiana Pacer looks like yet, is that when he was taking his team physical as a part of the you know, the transition process of, of that trade, they discovered some growth on his kidney and found out that it was cancerous. So crazy stroke of luck that going through 
an NBA trade where, of course, the you know the team physical always happens, caught something that may not have been caught and could have got worse. Cancer could have spread. It it, it is a wonderful story that fortunately, because of this trade, Levert was able to, uh, you know, be, be discovered to have had a cancerous growth and have surgery to remove it and is still recovering from said surgery and is getting close to returning and is even traveling with the Pacers right now uh, and doing some stuff for them as far as, you know, practices and shoot-arounds. So his his Pacers debut is right around the corner, although I do not believe it will be tonight. That was still, I think, you know, for everything that Levert was showing with the Brooklyn Nets, a quality piece for the Pacers to add, knowing that, you know, they had to do something instead of just letting Oladipo uh, walk for nothing. Uh, that decision, for what you know, was, was looming for them. So... Without Oladipo and with no Levert yet, the Pacers recently have mostly been about balanced offense. They're getting 20-plus points per game from DeMontis Sabonis, their all-star from last year, as well as Malcolm Brogdon, who they stole away from Milwaukee. Uh, And then, you know, just quality role-player pieces uh, rounding out their rotation. They've got Turner and TJ Warren um, and, and plenty of Bulls castaways on this Pacers roster, actually, and, and lots of uh, Bulls castaways over the years. Not only uh, Jakar Sampson getting minutes for them off the bench occasionally, Justin Holiday uh, has been a big piece for them, um, and uh, Doug McDermott. Good old Dougie McDermott, who actually had a team high 26 points for them in their win against the Atlanta Hawks on Saturday. Uh, Pacers have two wins coming into tonight's matchup, two straight wins, both against some some subpar Eastern Conference competition in Atlanta and Detroit, but they are right there in the Eastern Conference playoff mix, one game over 500 right now, and again, are doing it with a, with a pretty balanced, uh, pretty balanced team. But I mentioned, you know, the the previous game back in December, points in the paint was a big one. The Bulls got doubled up. And, you know, uh, Sabonis had a triple-double in that game and really could do whatever he wanted. And, again, as I said prior, I don't think it's likely that we see Wendell Carter Jr. suit up and play tonight. What will we see from this Bulls team trying to slow down the Pacers' interior scoring? because the Bulls have really struggled with that lately. Um, and, and you know, can we see Gafford have some somewhat of a respectable game? Can, can Donovan play him more than eight minutes tonight? Um, and hopefully the Bulls can make this one closer than it was um, a couple of months ago. McDermott for the Pacers is actually listed as day-to-day right now. I haven't seen anything definitive yet uh, from from the Pacers on Twitter today as far as whether or not he's going to play tonight. But, you know, he's he's found himself a nice little niche role for this Pacers team. Um, you know, he's, he's not doing anything crazy statistically this season and is actually only shooting 36% from downtown. Um, but the the interesting thing about Doug is that he's having a, a, a much more efficient season than I think he's ever had, finding ways to score inside the three-point line and shooting 
uh, a pretty impressive 51.5% overall from the field this season, uh, averaging 13.3 points per game off the bench. So a little bit of a different situation uh, lineups-wise this time around. The Bulls had their what was supposed to be normal starting five in their second game of the year against the Pacers. They had Markkanen and Wendell in there. They had Kobe White and Zach Levine in the backcourt, and they had Patrick Williams. Um, they did not have Thad Young, who, remember, had that uh, leg, uh, whatever it was, the leg, lower leg infection that kept him out to start the season. They did have Otto off the bench um, and pretty much a, a full roster other than Thad Young in that second game. Didn't matter that they had their full team available. They got crushed. The Bulls this time will probably be shorthanded. Will definitely be shorthanded with no Lowry still, no Otto Porter Jr. still, uh, and and pretty pretty unlikely to see Otto uh, uh, to see Wendell. So, what can the Bulls do this time around against the Pacers? Um, Going to be tough, tough to get a win. But as we've seen this season, the Bulls actually tend to play a little bit better on the road than they do at home. So maybe the Bulls can get back into the win column. Uh, and, and try to stay on the fringe of that Eastern Conference playoff race with a win over the Pacers tonight. Again, you got to limit the turnovers. Uh, like Billy Donovan said after the Clippers game, be smarter with your possessions. Don't 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 push that pace too much so that you're not getting good shots every time down the floor and, and tiring yourself out playing defense. Um, and of course, uh, you know, try to keep that ball moving try to you know hopefully Zach Levine can can have another strong game tonight where he not only gets himself going but finds the right time to get his teammates involved um and hopefully we can see a decent game from Kobe White uh who's been just up and down up and down a lot um and kind of came back down to earth after his Pelicans outburst so tall task for the Bulls tonight hopefully they can get a win and we'll be back here tomorrow to talk about it once again, thanks to the sponsors for today's episode, both betonline.ag, which, by the way, the Bulls are uh, getting a nice chunk of points tonight. If you want to bet on them to cover the spread against the Pacers, check out that line at betonline.ag. And, of course, as always, our great friends at Bilt Bar. Check out that builtbar.com website for all of their lines of products and delicious Bilt Bars and uh you'll get 20% off with that Locked On promo code. For my partner, Jordan Malley, Matt Peck saying, thanks for listening. Have a great Monday. Enjoy Bulls Pacers tonight. Uh, Quick little teaser. We will have a special guest with us on Bulls Outcast tonight. Me, Big Dave, John, holding it down per usual. Start of the fourth quarter and into postgame. A special guest from our, our days back at NBC that we're looking forward to. So join us there. And then Jordan and I will meet you back here for a Tuesday episode, breaking down Bulls Pacers and anything else that uh, warrants news over the next 24 hours or so. Just a reminder, hit us up on that text of voicemail line, 331-979-1369. We'll get to your mailbag later in the week. T-Red, be good. Peace out. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.